Good morning, church. I miss you guys. I'm grateful for technology and everyone on the team that is working crazy hours to make this possible. But we are trying to uh, have a landing date that we get back together and hopefully you can help with that survey so that way we can uh, figure out a time soon and very soon where uh, most of us uh, will be together. I love you so much and I miss so many of you. I pray for you daily and carry you in my heart. Today, we are doing week three of God-sized questions. And I gotta tell you, this has been a tough one for me. I've cried a great deal today. And um, so I've had to lean into the heart of God to really try to get an answer that um, you may not even like, and you may want a different one. And I'm sorry, uh, this is maybe oversimplified, but I do believe that God is gonna speak today through someone as uh, impossible as me. Lord Jesus, help. Amen. God-sized questions, week three. Week one, uh, we talked about when, right? Uh, We talked about an omnipresent God, a God who is always present. And we talked about how many of us are asking when, God, are you going to? That's a tough one. And it hurts when we want something so bad, but it's not here today. It's in our tomorrow. But the God of all our tomorrows knows when, and he's actually in it right now. And God doesn't fret our now because he's not a God who's limited by time. He's actually with us in three weeks from now when we're receiving this thing that we're so frantically frustrated about. And we get so stuck in the now that we're missing all of the people and all of the moments that God has blessed us with today, wanting so desperately to have three weeks from now today. And the omnipresent God, when? Uh, week two, we talked about how, right? God, how are you gonna do this? And so many of us need all these answers. We, we get so frantic because we, we need to know we, we can be kind of controlling. And, and God said, well, the answer is you, It's God's plan all along to do all of these great works through someone that he made in his image. Someone creative, someone relentless, someone that is, can can persevere through crazy times, it's you. And you may seem, feel broken or limitless or powerless, but God has put this power inside of you, this creativity and this perseverance to push through and do great things, to have an anointing and have have an ability to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ever ask or imagine. Today, we're talking about why. Why, God? And uh, this one has is, is been hard. I think that this is like the most difficult of all things. God, will you explain to me why? And uh, I don't think that many of you are gonna like the answers that I'm gonna try to come up with, but they are simple. And I think that the answers that God has really are simple, but they are they're difficult to wrestle with. Uh, and so, anyways, uh, we're, 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 today we're going to be talking through multiple passages of Scripture. And the first one I have is out of Isaiah chapter 29, verse 16. And uh, it, it's because I think that as we ask the question why, it is because we are wrestling with the reality that we're really having a hard time trusting Right? We need him to explain it to us because we don't feel like he can just lead it to us. I don't want to do what 
I, uh, the situation I'm in. And because I want out so badly, I need you to explain why I have to endure what I'm going through. It's hard to trust in God's plan. It's hard to trust that God actually has the bigger perspective. But today, I have to introduce to you today the God who is om- omniscient. And uh, that means all-knowing. It means that he has a bigger perspective of one than we have. He sees everything. He understands everything and he knows everything. An omniscient God is a God of all-knowing. He actually knows the problems that we have, the prayers that we have, the fears that we have, this why that's within us. He knows it. Scripture says he knows the number of hairs on our head. He knows our, our, our requests before we even ask them, the psalmist said, before we can even get it off our tongue. Our why. He knows. But we wrestle with him, don't we? And I, I want you to know before I even get into this that God is okay with you wrestling with him. My wife always says that uh, God isn't intimidated of our questions. I think that's important for us to remember. As you're wrestling with God in life, I think it's a beautiful thing when you wrestle with God because you are, in fact, turning to him. Isaiah 29, verse 16 says, you had everything backwards. Should the potter be, be, be thought of as clay? Should what is made say of its maker, he didn't make me. Should what is shaped say of what shaped it, you don't understand me. You don't understand me. And I, I think when we're saying why, that's really what we're saying is like, you don't, God, you, you're bigger than me, but you, you don't get what I need. I need to know why I'm going through this because you don't understand that I, I need something different. No, I think the God of time, of all time, of all power, and of all knowledge knows exactly what's going on in your life, inside of you, and around you, and through you. But we feel like he doesn't. Like the deck of cards we've been dealt, somehow I need a different set, you know? No, he's got it right. But it hurts. Uh, there's this passage in Job, you know, Job, the guy who like was dealt the worst set of hands. He was faithful to God. And there's this passage where Job starts firing questions at God and God kind of puts his answer back. It makes me think of like a little kid who would say, why dad? Why dad? Why dad? Why? 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 And, and, and dad just turns around in the car and says, because I said so. That's why. Uh, God finally answers back to Job in, in this really intimidating way. He would say this, Job chapter 38. And then the Lord answered Job out of the storm. He said, Who is this that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man and I will question you and you shall answer me, says the Lord. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? And as clay, sometimes I look up at the Father and I say, why? As if I know that there's a better route. 
as if I understand that there's something better for me surely than this season that, I, that I'm in. And God says, look, I laid time and the earth. I know. You don't. I've surrendered my life to Jesus and sometimes there are seasons that we all have to walk through that we don't want to. Why? I get it. Isaiah chapter 55 says it this way and it's good for us to know this omniscient God. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I think we're just gonna have to know that he has a much bigger perspective as a father would his children. So is our father in heaven over all the children of the earth. He knows. He knows. But as I think about that, it doesn't make questions easier I've held everyone in my hand and I've written down a million questions that many of us have for the Lord and frustratingly I had to try to come up with answers for all of them you know like the questions like God amongst the nations world hunger and the COVID-19 why God Habakkuk hold on um Habakkuk would say this when he asked, why do you make me look at injustice? And why do you tolerate wrongdoing? David, the psalmist, he said, oh Lord, why do you stand far off? And why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In COVID-19, it feels like, God, this doesn't make sense. Fix it, God, make it go away. World hunger, God, it just doesn't make sense. Like, why is this going on? We stand in the richest and the wealthiest nation in the world. And we want so bad for them to like be solved, yet we buy more. Why is it that we want them to be fed, yet we desire more ourselves? I, I don't get it. And Jesus said, you'll always have the poor with you. I want you to know that I know that you have questions. And I think that questions are okay. There are other questions I have, like for questions that are going on within ourselves. Moses asked this, why have you dealt ill with your servant? You know, like, God, why did I lose my job? Right now, many people that I love just got word this week that they are going to be laid off. But God, I, I, I've been faithful. But, but God, I, I've, I've been faithful in my tithe and in my giving. What about me? God, are you gonna forget me? And this has happened throughout scripture. So some folks that believe that their theology is so in tight haven't held hand in hand with someone that has been faithful to God. Moses, David, Job, John the Baptist, faithful people dealt cards that were just not fair. Yet God was faithful to them the whole time. Yet why, God? Hmm. What's going on inside me? When Job asked, why have you made me your target? In Job seven twenty. And I think about friends here in our church that are begging God for a miracle in their own body. I know that he already knows 
And pain can be a difficult thing. I think about pain like uh, there's different kinds. There's the soul pain. Uh, there's the physical pain. There's, there's the, 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 pain that, the, the pain that hurts, like rejection or loneliness. There is the, the, the pain of, of, of abandonment or, uh, or failure. Uh, there is the, the, the pain of, of not being good enough and being left out. Or the physical pain of, of a nerve ending or, or a, 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 of, of, of a cough, a sore throat, a headache or a migraine or uh, one that's in your back or in a muscle. Why, God? Haven't I been faithful? Why do I have this going on in my body, in my soul? It hurts. And I, I think of pain like a fire. And the only way I can explain it is, is the refiner's fire. Like we see this throughout scripture where uh, like I came to buy gold refined in a fire. And I don't know if you understand, but gold that is refined in a fire, it has to be put in and liquefied at like a thousand degrees. And it's, it's refining it in such a way that all the impurities would rise to the top. You know, like the COVID-19. You're separated from people you love. Me, this is really difficult. And I love people so much that I can't have this one thing that I want, and that's everyone. I want to be around everyone all at once. I want to hug all my friends that are struggling right now. And what happens is when I'm separated from this thing that I want, I get frustrated. I get anxious. I get, ah! And all the impurities rise to the top. And my shortness, my anger, my frustration... God is trying to purify me in a way that he can make me pure like him. He's purifying our faith, our motives, our intent, the character of our heart, the way we stand, our uprightness. And he's trying to make us more like Jesus. I don't want it, God. I don't want COVID-19. I don't want separation. I don't want to be refined. I don't want to, but I do want to be more like you. I think the two go hand in hand. We want to be more like Jesus, but we don't want the suffering that comes with Jesus. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you're going to have to deny yourself and carry the cross. Carrying the cross, it hurts. And there are things that, struggles that come with the hurt that make us more like Jesus. I don't know if you know but the very why that you're asking, it's what's turning you into becoming more like Jesus. There's this other one, you know, like uh, I think about when it comes to, um, uh, so the, the nations is one that I see when I ask why, and there's in me that I think about when I ask why, and then there's this third one that I think about, you know, like with others, with other people that I know, and I ask why, it hurts the most for me. When I look at people I love and I see them struggle, oh, it's like I'd rather just take it on myself. I'd rather take their pain and put it into my body. I'd rather just, like, let me go through it, but not them. And, and I feel, oh, that's exactly what Jesus did. He took on our pain. By his stripes, we would be healed. 
There's this situation that happened in the Gospels in John chapter 9 when the disciples came to Jesus. They were walking along this road and they saw this, 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 this blind man and, and they looked and they said, Jesus, was it this guy that sinned or his parents or why was this man born blind? And, and Jesus said it was none of that, guys. It was none of that. No one did anything wrong, but it was so that the glory of God would be revealed in this situation. Many of us are looking at a situation going, why? Why do little kids have illnesses? Why do people have to die in suffering through Alzheimer's? Or uh, why does poverty happen? And why did they lose their job? And why are their marriages going? And why can't they just make it work? And why, God, does the pain have to be there? What I love about Jesus is that he went through it with me. See, if we don't see people in their pain, then we'll never see them in their resurrected moment. It's through the pain that all of us have to go through to endure it. See, when I look at someone in the past now, not in the moment, if I can look back into some of my friends' lives that struggled for infertility, that struggled in their marriage and fought and cried and fought and cried and the passion of what they went through, and I see them in their glorious moment. It's like a, a um, like a collage, if you would, of a photo. You know, they, they have these photos now where you can enter into like like on Apple or all these little things where you can put in a photo. And if you freeze froze it, it wouldn't make sense at all, like a car accident or um, like like an argument. Like if you were in your life and you freeze froze a moment of brokenness. One where you were crying over someone that left you. Life doesn't make it all sense in that moment, in that pain or in that suffering, uh, in, in the barrenness or what. But if you freeze froze it and understood that in that pain and you zoomed out and saw the bigger perspective of our life, you would see the resurrection and the power and the glory of God in our lives. Look at how much he's been faithful through the moments that we, we, we fought through a lack of, of job or a lack of finances and now we have or we fought to for where our marriage is today or we fought to have the families of the kids that we have or we fought to be where we are. Some of you are in the pain right now and you can't see outside of that pain. And And I fight for you in those moments. And many of us in our church, I'm so grateful for our intercessory team. Like, like I'm grateful for the media team that's sending this message, but I'm grateful for the intercessors that have been fighting for those that are in the struggle right now. I know your pain. I read this moment where I, 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 um, I remember when we had Micah and, um, he was, he was born and uh, I, I got to hold him like a couple times. It was so freaky for me because I, I it was like I, if I dropped him, you know, like I've never held a baby and I'm not good with babies and they make me nervous. And uh, I, they gave me Micah and there was this little stranger. Well, two days after we got out of the hospital, um, the doctor said that he had this jaundice thing. It was like this skin condition and, and uh, they were, I'm sorry, but we were gonna have to go back into the hospital. And uh, what was so hard was I remember uh, when we got to the hospital, they took him from us and we had to put him in this incubator. 
this, under this heat lamp. And uh, they were trying to put this lamp on him to change something in his skin. They said it was kind of dangerous, but not really dangerous, but dangerous, but not really dangerous. And we shouldn't be worried, but we couldn't have our precious little baby that we fought and labored to, to have. And this little kid was like a stranger, but I remember realizing how fragile his life was. And like, I, I couldn't sleep at night because I would always wonder if he was breathing. And like, if I had like, what was I going to, like, and he was so, well, the, his blood count was dropping and things were changing and they had to get some IVs in him. And I remember the nurses were like, hey, look, we're going to have to put this IV in him and it's going to be hard. And they took him out of this room and asked if we wanted to go. And my wife didn't because they said it was going to cry a lot. And so I, I went with him. And I remember as we went into the other room and uh, they were trying to put the IV in him, they, they put this IV in him and uh, his vein blew in. So uh, they were going to have to try a different vein. And so they held his other arm down and then, and he's screaming at the top of his lungs because he's in pain and these strangers, all of everyone's a stranger, even me, are, are putting like little needles in his body and he's screaming and he's scared and he's just a little infant. All he knows is, is pain and he's trapped in this moment and I can think in my, and I'm trying to will to him, son, I, I hope you understand that, that the pain that you're going through, it's for the good. Like I promise this is a good thing that was happening and I know you can't see it but it's good and so they're, they're sticking it in his other arm and, and the vein blows and, and they look at me and we're going to have to do it again. And again, like and, and he's screaming and he's crying and his little voice is quivering and it's like breaking and so they, they want to try his legs and trying to find IVs and they're calling other nurses in now and they're looking at me and they're saying, Dad, you're, you're going to have to hold him down and uh, he's, he, he's looking only at me now and I'm holding my son to this table, this little baby and he's screaming saying, why, 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 why? And I, 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 I promise, son, it's for your good and I don't really understand what's happening or why but we have to trust the process and, and it's good for you that we get these IVs in and we get the nutrition that you need in your body and the vein would blow and they got this machine in and it was so intense for this little baby and it was so confusing but it was for your good because you need these nutrition in your body and it was scary for him and it was painful for him but there was a process I remember the tears in my eyes as I was, I felt so bad. But I knew it was for his good. Jesus was in a similar scenario on the cross. In, in, the, in, in Matthew chapter 26, um, there's this passage well, actually, uh, before it, there's this passage. Oh, yeah, Matthew uh, 26. Nope. It's in John. I know it's in John. I'm sorry, I get a little emotional. Yeah, there it is. He, he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He asked his disciples, hey, stay here with me and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face to the ground and he prayed, Father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as your will be done. 
And so he returned in, in, to his disciples and he, and he said, hey, watch and pray so that you don't fall into temptation. He said, your spirit is willing, but your flesh, it's so weak, guys. Uh, but so then he went away a second time and he prayed, Father, if it's at all possible, pass this cup from me and take it away and, uh, uh, and, unless I drink it and may your will be done. And what he's saying is, God, like I don't want to do what I've got to go. It feels like there's pain that's coming and I really don't want to do this. There's pain that's coming and I don't want to enter in. And many of us, we run from any type of pain, heartache, discomfort, and we want comfort as quickly and as soon as possible. That's not the way the kingdom works. That's not the way that God works. See, he's using pain both as a refiner in your life and he's using suffering as a refiner in your life and he's using it to draw you closer to him. I, I know this. It, I've got this weird thing that I'm realizing. Every time one of my kids falls down and scrapes their legs, I can't do anything to take their pain away. But I've loved how they've come to me. And as they get older, they still want their parents. When they're sick or they're throwing up, they want their parents. I remember when my little kids, when they're younger, I know this is really weird, and I'm probably the only parent in the world but I, when my kids like get like a fever or something, their body gets really achy and like tired and they, all they want is for someone to hold them. And so they're hurting and they just want someone to hold them. And selfishly, I enjoy it. It's a moment where they just want me and nothing else. And I can't take it away in that moment, but I'm praying, oh God, if you would just take this fever away. But it's a moment where they need me and I need them. And we're together, even though there's this illness. Jesus on the cross prays one of the greatest prayers in the world, and it's so confusing. Why, why, God, have you forsaken me? Why did you leave me, God? And I know many of you feel like God has left you in your questions. He hasn't. In barrenness or in loss of child or in sickness or in loss of finance or in physical pain or in soul pain or in spiritual pain, he's not abandoned you. In fact, I would say that when Jesus is praying that prayer in, in Matthew 26, why, oh God, why have you forsaken me? It, it says, then Jesus cried out and, and he said in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit in verse 39. But in verse 41 and 42, it says this. It says, then the centurion who, who, and, and those that were with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened and they were terrified and they exclaimed, surely he was the son of God. They watched Jesus crying, why did you leave me? And as, there, as Jesus is in the pain, feeling like God has abandoned him, their faith is finally setting in. See, many of us can't see the resurrection in our own pain. But looking outward, we could see a bigger picture. 
I've seen, um, I have friends that work in the hospitals here in town. And I've been with many people as a pastor in hospital rooms with people that are sick or ill. And it's funny to watch the family members respond to nurses. Nurses, uh, someone is sick or they're in pain. I've seen this more times than I can count. Even with my own children. When you love someone and they're sick, people that are caring for you, they can never do a good enough job. Because if their pain isn't being taken away immediately, it seems frustrating that the people that are trying to help doesn't do it faster and better and more immediately. Because it hurts to watch people suffer. What if the nurses that are doing their job, trying to help, trying to fix the situation, what if that's like the Lord? I know some of us have questions like about loved ones that we've lost. God is always faithful. What if he just knows? What if him taking them is a good thing? What if there is an eternal scenario that them being with him is better for him because he loves them and needs them with him right now. What if we can't see the other side of the page? What if it's better for you? All I know is that when I see pain in my kids, they cry to me. And when I see pain in my life or in pains in my friends' lives, I cry to God. And I believe that even atheists cry when they're in pain. Oh God, why did you leave me? Why did you forsake me? But what if he didn't? What if he's in the moment refining you? What if he's in the moment with you? What if God is involved in pain. If he wasn't, why would the God of the universe come to earth and sacrifice his son? It's the most glorious story in all the world and it's the darkest. Yet it has this glorious resurrection. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come back. Here's what I know. I believe that God is drawing near to you and to me. And sometimes he's doing it in our pain. There's another in the fire. There's a, there's a reason why God is moving in our lives and around our lives and through these situations. He's not done. And I know that many of us want out of this situation as much as we can but as a father, there's a selfish and a jealous scenario that we finally have all of his attention. And you'd ask like, why doesn't he speak? What if he's not trying to say anything but touch, but hold and embrace, comfort and be with? I know that God has a plan to move in your life despite the discomfort whether it's rejection, abandonment, loss of finances, 
the loss of a loved one or someone that is in your life that is currently hurting, you may be saying, why? He knows why. God has a plan. And I believe his plan is because he's jealous for you. The greatest moments are when these sick, pathetic little kids just lay on me and I get to hold them. And they just need me. And in that moment, I don't care what's on TV and I don't care who's calling and I don't care what's happened. I have their attention. I know some of you have big questions. And what if the answer is just, I love you? What if the answer has nothing to do with the pain? That's just, I just want to be with you. It's not religion. It's not about church or people or anyone else. It's just me and Jesus. I pray right now for some of you that are asking why, that you would recognize that God is for you and not against you, that he is the lover of your soul, and he didn't initiate that pain, but he can use it to draw you to the greatest embrace of your life. God is moving, and I pray that you would learn to yield to him right now. Would you just bow your head and close your eyes right where you're at? There's discomfort in your life right now. Big questions. And I believe that God is saying, would you let me hold you? The potter knows what to do with the clay. He is wisdom. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful, and he is all-present. He knows what to do with your life. And instead of saying why, I would ask you to say what. What do you want me to learn, God? What do you want me to do? And right now, I would just say, he'd just say, would you just be with me? Would you... Give your life to me because I've given my life for you. Healing is in your process right now. Healing in your body, healing in your soul. Through the resurrection power of Jesus, I believe there's this great exchange that's gonna happen. You lay down your life and he gives you his spirit. If that's you, I just want you to pray one prayer with me. Lord, I give you my life. Lord, I give you my life. There's a new song we're gonna sing over you right now. I believe it's absolutely beautiful. I run to the Father. It's a healing song. And today we've touched on some wounds that are pretty deep for some of you. Healing. My soul needs a surgeon. Do you listen to this? I've carried a burden for too long on my own. I wasn't created to bear it. 
hear your invitation to let it all go and I see it now I lay it all down and I know that I need you I run to the Father fall into grace I'm done with the hiding no reason to wait my heart needs a surgeon my soul needs a friend so I'll run to the Father again and again and again and again saw my condition and had plans from the start your son for redemption the price for my heart and I don't have the context for that kind of love don't understand, can't comprehend. All I know is I need you. Run to the Father, fall into grace. Done with the hiding, no reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend. So I run to the Father. miss you guys so much it's weird 
know that God is prophetically moving in this moment right now. And I'm so grateful for healing. I'm so grateful in this moment that I can't pray over you. It's so weird because I want nothing more to you. My soul found a surgeon. My heart found a friend. Run to the Father today. I heard a story this week of someone who lost a loved one. And in doing so, they lost their faith. He's never lost faith in you. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. He is ever-present. He's bigger than the questions that I'll ask. He is in love with you. And he's good. And I believe like the day that I held my son on a table, you can trust the Father. With your life, with your soul, with your family, with your children, with your parents, with your finances, with your friends. There'll be a lot of times where you can't trust the ministry, you can't trust the pastor, but you can trust the Father. He is good. I've learned that man will fail you, but God is constant. Today, if you want prayer, many of us right now in the chat will reach out to you. You gotta know that I miss you like crazy and I believe that some of the distancing is prophetic with this message. God is not distant. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I love you and I'm grateful for your stories. And there's been so many of us like Rachel where we've cried and we've been angry with God. And you fast forward the story and we've got these little kids running around right now. And in your pain, you may not see it. In your loneliness, in your rejection, in your loss. But you fast forward it and it may be in the next side of eternity. He's faithful. I love you guys. And I'm so thankful for what he's doing in my life, even in this crazy, stupid COVID stuff. Run to the Father. Again and again and again and again. If you need prayer, raise your hand in the chat. And uh, we love you guys. Join a connect group this week. We'll talk to you soon.